I came across a story this Thanksgiving that maybe some of you heard as well. Uh, it's about a pit bull named Buddy and his owner named Caleb Benham. And I've got a picture of Caleb and um, Buddy. Um, just leave that up for a minute. So, um, cute dog. Uh, sometime uh, around this Thanksgiving season, Caleb was in his home and Buddy was in the backyard when Caleb heard a growl and a series of yelps that did not sound good. He ran to the back door uh, and uh, he lives in Grass Valley, Nevada. And in the backyard, he saw a 350-pound black bear dragging Buddy away with his jaws clamped around the dog's head. And as Caleb tells the story, um, he didn't hesitate for a second. He flung open the door he ran in the backyard and he tackled the bear. He punched the bear in the face repeatedly until the bear finally let go of his dog. And I guess the bear kind of left and he scooped his dog up, threw him in the car, bolted for the nearest veterinary hospital um, where uh, his dog underwent four hours of emergency surgery. Now, the, the, the good news of the story is that Buddy is fine um, and, and, and recovering well. Um, but afterwards, I was so interested to hear Caleb talk about his response. And he said, you know, you do anything for your children. Well, you know, I don't have any kids, and this dog is kind of like my kid, and I would die for him. And that whole story struck me as just fascinating. And, and it, it struck me as fascinating, the, the, obviously, the courage of this guy, um, but also the love he had for his dog. And I thought, um, I wonder if that animal could ever fully understand how loved it is by that man. Can, I mean, I, I love dogs as much as the next guy, but we can agree they're not as great as humans, right? Can a lesser being like that ever come to fully understand the love of someone greater than him? And, and, and I would suggest that, that that is a central question for us, right? Can a lesser being understand the love of a being greater than itself? And, and I think that's the question for us in this Advent season, right? Can we, can humans ever understand the love of a God who became human for us? Uh, I think this is exceptionally difficult, I came across a, a wonderful blog this week by Kelly Ballery, and she talks about the challenge of understanding God's love. She says, what happens when underneath it all, we don't feel God's love in our deepest being? When we know Jesus, but we have a hard time believing He loves us. Perhaps the world has jaded us, people have hurt us, or we have done the unthinkable. We think God's love is nice, but we know it is distant. We know love in our mind, but don't feel it in our heart. We know love accepts us, but still our past defines us. How do we move from knowing in our minds to believing in our hearts, from knowing about love to knowing love? And then she said this, and I, I love this. She said, sometimes I feel like I live partially loved by God, like a daughter who is visited by her stepdad a couple times a week, like a girl who is not always seen, like one who needs constant affirmation, like one who wonders if she is forgotten, like one who needs to earn approval, like one who feels unworthy, like one who is forgotten, like one who doubts 
like one who falters. Is this a picture of a loved daughter of the Most High King? I read that and I said, gosh, how true is that for us? Maybe you've had a season, maybe you're in a season now where you have struggled to really believe that God loves you, to really understand what that means, to make it more than just an intellectual concept, but a reality in your life. If you have struggled, you are not alone. And in fact, um, Paul's entire prayer in Ephesians 3 is rooted in this idea that it is incredibly difficult for us lesser beings to wrap around our minds around the love of God for us. And so I want you to hear again the prayer that he prays because it is so powerful and it helps us think about how we perhaps can come to know the love of God better. Paul says, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, Paul recognizes that it is incredibly difficult for us to get just how good the story is that God's telling and just how much he loves us. So I want to think about a couple of things that are barriers for us to wrap our minds around the love of God and a couple of tools that Paul gives us uh, to, to grow in our understanding of God's love and then one response that we have to offer. Now, the, the first thing that um, makes it challenging for us to understand, God, understand God's love is, is just His infiniteness and our finiteness, right? God's really big. Paul says it like this. He says, I want you to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. It's an oxymoron, right? He says, I want you to know that which is unknowable. It's unknowable because it's just beyond us, right? And, and no matter how much we want to know God, He is so big, His love is so big, we can't wrap our minds around it. So I, I was thinking a little bit about what are some of those really big things that we just can't really comprehend. Uh, and there's an old video, I think it came out in the 70s, called Powers of Ten, uh, and it begins, actually begins on a cellular level, but we're going to start um, with a hula hoop. And you can tell this is from the 70s because it starts with a hula hoop. Um, and you're going to see all these concentric circles, and every circle is 10 times larger than the one before it, right? And we're going to see um, a little bit about how big this universe God made is. Will you play that?
okay, uh, at some point that just stops making sense, right? I mean, at some point you see those things and you say, I thought the earth was really big and it just stops making sense. And what we're supposed to understand is that God's love is bigger than all of that. I mean, God's love is bigger than the universe you just saw, right? It's the fullness of him who fills all in all. There's enough love if God's love was a physical thing to not just fill up the space on those planets and those suns, but all the space in between them. There's no way for us to fully get that, right? You can't understand what love like that looks like. And so we need to recognize that every time we talk about the love of God, we're using a shallow metaphor, right? A dim reflection of the awesome reality of the thing. Uh, it's like saying the universe is big, right? Yeah, it's, it's big, but so is, you know, the church building is big. That's big on another scale, uh, and so we are just limited, right? We just can't wrap our minds around it. And the only way that we can even begin to approximate an understanding of the greatness of God's love for us is with the power of God in us, right? And this is what Paul says. He says uh, that you need the Holy Spirit, right? You need power in your inner being through the Holy Spirit. You need power to comprehend. Uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I think maybe one of the most important things we should be doing as Christians is praying that God gives us the strength to understand how loved we are. That's a really simple prayer. I don't pray it enough. Uh, God, I need your Holy Spirit power to understand just how loved I am because it is beyond anything I can imagine, right? It is as great as the universe and greater. Uh, and only can I begin to approximate an understanding when God's Spirit gives me that strength. Uh, so really simple. The first thing I want to encourage you to do this week is start praying, right? God, uh, I pray that you give me the power to understand a little bit more of how loved I am. Uh, Kelly Ballery, um, one more time, says, um, Can I truly love others in God when I haven't embraced the depths of his love, his unceasing, unbelievable, and unending love? Can I only know love to the depths that I have been loved? In my search to answer these questions, God is teaching me that to walk in love is to walk by faith because none of us have been loved the way he loves. None of us can understand the depths of his actions for us. None of us can perceive the immensity of his presence before us. None of us can comprehend the lengths he goes to fight for us. His love is unbelievable in a sense. So I believe it takes the Holy Spirit, right? it takes the power of God in us to equip us to know how loved we are, and I believe that we can only love to the depths of which we have been loved. Uh, so the first really simple thing is um, we are limited by our humanness, but equipped by God's Spirit uh, to know how loved we are. The, the second thing um, that's a limitation for us in terms of wrapping our minds around the extraordinary nature of God's love is our sin. Uh, the sin that we have committed and the sins that have been sinned against us. Uh, Derek Rishmawi says, quote, to steal an image from Plato, it's as if we've dwelt in a cave of sin and our spiritual eyes are too weak to withstand the brilliant light of God's glorious love. Our own hearts are too frail with sin and selfishness to grasp the shape of it. Our muscles too cramped and atrophied from curving in on ourselves to imagine the gracious extension of God's love which surpasses the boundaries of the cosmos. 
And so here's where I think it's not enough for us just to pray uh, that God equips us to know how loved we are. I think it's critical that we come together to celebrate how loved we are. And I hope you noticed this line that Paul said in his prayer for us. It almost sounded like a throwaway comment. He says, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God. With all the saints. Uh, This is the purpose of our coming together, right? The reason that we worship, the reason that we gather, the reason that we do Bible study and serve the poor and worship and everything is to help us and others know more of the love of God. Uh, and, And when we come to worship, um, we are reminded that even in our sin, even in our brokenness, even in the sins that have been inflicted against us, we are still loved. One of my favorite worship songs um, is a song by David Crowder called How He Loves Us. It's a little bit of a weird song, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to sing it for you because that would be unworshipful. Um, but I want to just tell you the words because they, they speak to me of um, the way our worship reminds us of the awesomeness of God's love. He says, He is jealous for me. He loves like a hurricane, and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His love and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how He loves us, how He loves us so. We are his portion and he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the faith in our eyes. If his love is an ocean, we are all sinking. And heaven meets earth with an unforeseen kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves me. Oh, how he loves us. This is what's supposed to happen when we come together, right? Together with all the saints, we are reminded of the awesomeness of God's love for us. We retell the stories of the coming of our King and of His birth and life and death and resurrection. And in so doing, we remind each other of the love that we can't grasp on our own, but we can glimpse as a family. Um, By the way, um, Paul says being rooted and grounded in love is part of our goal. And being rooted and grounded takes a long time time. It takes a while for roots to grow. It's going to take a while for for you or me to totally um, grow into the knowledge of the love of God. Uh, And it's going to take a lot of praying that God helps us know how loved we are. And it's going to take uh, a lot of worshiping and reminding each other of the stories of God so that we can recognize that even our humanness and our sin cannot separate us from the Son. But there's another component of of what it means to know the love of God. And, and I think this is incredibly important for us, maybe especially in this Advent season, that knowing the love of God is inseparable from revealing the love of God. And this is the high calling of the church that sometimes we miss, or we miss maybe how high it is, right? That God has cosmic expectations for us. Look back, uh, if you've got your Bible, look back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. There's an interesting comment that Paul says. He says, so that, so the mystery of God has been made plain, verse 10, so that through the, through the church, 
the wisdom of God in its rich variety may now be made known to the rulers and authorities and heavenly places. Through the church, the wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities and the heavenly places. What does that mean? It means that the angels will come to understand the wisdom and love and grace of God through us. Through the church, the spiritual powers learn more about God. That's kind of incredible. And by the way, this isn't just an Ephesians idea. We see this other places in Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says um, that the angels long to look into things that we experience on a regular basis. That, that there is something cosmic and extraordinary that happens when the church comes together that even those who stand in the presence of God are excited to see in our midst. You notice this as well at the end of the chapter in verse 21, Paul says, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Uh, the idea that God is glorified in the church, that something about what we do is as important to the greatness, uh, to reflecting the greatness of God as what is done in heaven. F.F. Bruce talks about this. F.F. Bruce says, the church thus appears to be God's pilot program for the reconciled universe of the future when all things in heaven and on earth are brought together in Christ. And we get a glimpse of this in Isaiah chapter 2, right, where we hear this incredible promise of all nations coming together to worship God and swords becoming plowshares and spears becoming pruning hooks because God's peace reigns everywhere. This is an incredible expectation of what the people who know the love of God are supposed to do to share that love. So how are we doing? Sometimes not so good. But you know what? Sometimes we do this really well. Uh, on a big scale, yeah, or even on a small scale, there are, there are moments uh, where the church really gets it right, uh, where we are not just recipients of God's love, but reflections of it as well. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite authors and storytellers is a guy named Bob Goff. Uh, he wrote a couple of books, and one of those is called Everybody Always. Uh, and I love Bob because he has uh, an incredible ability to live out and share the unbelievable love of God and his sort of daily interactions. Bob tells a story of a time where he was traveling to Florida and he was going to speak at a conference in Disney World. And he got off the plane and was walking out, going to look for a taxi, and he realized that they had sent a limo to pick him up. And uh, Bob was pretty excited. He'd never been to Orlando before, he'd never been in a limo before. He was just pumped. So he goes up and he shakes the limo driver's hand. This is like pre-COVID. Uh, and he says, hey, I'm Bob. And they get in the limo and they start driving down the road. And Bob says, this limo driver is just an incredible guy, right? Just friendly and funny and outgoing. And he's chatting him up and they're having this great conversation. And after about 10 minutes, he says, you know, um, I've, Bob says, I've never been to Orlando before. You're literally the only person I know from Orlando. Um, but because of you, I love this town, right? I'm excited about it. Like, you have won me over. Your one example is what I hope everybody here is like. 
they keep talking and as they're driving the limo driver shares that he's going to retire soon and Bob says that's interesting and he said you know what in all years of doing this have you ever had the chance to ride in the back of the limo and the driver said no I, I would get fired and Bob um, sort of put his head through the partition and he said you're retiring anyway right let's do it and so they surprisingly the guy pulls the limo over and they get out and um, Bob borrows the limo driver's hat and puts it on and the limo driver sits in the back and Bob sits in the front and he drives the rest of the way to Disney World. And when they get there, they get out. And um, I think Bob gives the hat back. Uh, and then he says this, I carry medals with me all the time. They don't say anything on them. I'm a lawyer, so the medals mean whatever I say they mean. Uh, I open the door and let my limo driver friend out from the back seat. He stood up and straightened his jacket and I gave back his hat. And then I pinned a medal on his chest and I said, you're brave, you're courageous, you're crazy. Did you see how fast I took that last turn? I spoke words of truth and affirmation to him with a smile. I patted him on the chest, gave him a hug and walked into the hotel. Then Bob said, loving people means caring without an agenda. Talk about Jesus, talk about grace. Talk about love and acceptance. Talk about who people are becoming and who you see them turning into. And give people medals, lots of them. The people around us should be walking around like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They should jingle when they walk. It's this simple. I want people to meet you and me and feel like they've just met everyone in heaven. I love Bob. Uh, because he loves people bigger than makes sense, broader and longer and higher and deeper than makes sense. And I think that part of understanding the love of God for us is loving others like God loves. So whether it's the limo driver uh, that you've known for 30 minutes or the neighbor that you've known for 30 years, I think Jesus wants us to love them like crazy like a man pinning fake medals on a stranger's chest, like a guy tackling a bear, like a hurricane over a bunch of trees, like the unbelievable love of God. And in your extravagant, over-the-top love, maybe, just maybe, you will point them towards the love that you're just beginning to understand. See, I believe that we can't really understand God's love until that love comes to us. And when it does, I think angels are amazed. I think the powers in the heavenly places stare down in awe at what the church can do in reflecting the love of a God beyond us. And I believe that God will be glorified in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.